LeeTDickey.com. Do you have an event or occasion coming up that could use a special touch? Perhaps a wedding, a production, a show? Good! Then you're in luck. Haley Moores is who you're looking for. Haley is a makeup artist in the Toronto, Ontario area, specializing in bridal, glam, natural, and special effects. She's incredibly talented, professional, easy to work with, and has a personality that is second to none. To book Haley Moores today, follow her on Instagram at mad underscore malash, that's M-A-D underscore M-I-L-A-S-H, or email her at madmalash, again, that's M-A-D-M-I-L-A-S-H, at gmail.com. Book Haley Moores today, you'll be glad you did. LeeTDickey.com LeeTDickey.com Do you find yourself reminiscing on what life was like when you were younger? Do your favorite songs, movies, and TV shows instantly take you back to a simpler time? Great! Then you're in the right place. Join me, Lee Dickey, on my new web series and podcast, Yo Nostalgia, where I cover everything you grew up with. From films and toys to fads and trends, Yo Nostalgia has it all. Subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are available. Follow along on social media at Yo Nostalgia Show to keep up on this time-traveling trip. Yo Nostalgia, breathing new life into your memories, available everywhere now. LeeTDickey.com LeeTDickey.com What's going on everybody? Lee Dickey here. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Beats and Speaks podcast. I'm sure this will be a bonus show of sorts. Today I want to go over and give you my thoughts and sort of a review on the Hawaii Five-O series finale. But before we get into that, before we get into the main event, before we get into all the aloha, I want to tell you where you can find the Beats and Speaks podcast. Of course, new episodes of the Beats and Speaks podcast are released every single Friday on my official website, leetdickey.com, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and wherever you get your podcasts. Please do comment, like, share, and subscribe. Find us on YouTube as well under Lee Dickey TV. Please do leave us reviews and rate us five stars if you would, please, and thank you. If you want to follow along with the show, follow me at Lee T. Dickey on social media. Send your comments, questions, and guest requests to leetdickey at gmail.com as well. Thank you very much. But now that all that housekeeping is out of the way, let's get into my thoughts and review and kind of an overview of the Hawaii Five-O series finale right here with me, yours truly, Lee Dickey, on the Beats and Speaks podcast. All right, so yes, the Hawaii Five-O series finale. Now, by the time this goes up, it probably would have aired a week and a half to two weeks ago, but I'm going to give you my thoughts anyway. So. I'm going to give you a bit of a background on my how I kind of found the Hawaii Five-O reboot and what I first thought of it, and then we're going to get into the like this last season and this series finale. So my story with finding the Hawaii Five-O reboot was I f- saw bits and pieces of the pilot when season one kicked off in September of 2010. 
and I didn't necessarily like it because I was, I think it followed at that point NCIS Los Angeles, and I was a big, I am a big NCIS fan. I'm a fan of all its spinoffs, whether it's uh, NCIS Los Angeles or NCIS New Orleans. I really wish that uh, NCIS Red was picked up because I actually did enjoy that concept of having a mobile NCIS unit, but unfortunately it wasn't. But getting back to the Hawaii Five-O reboot, I I saw bits and pieces of the pilot. I tried to fall in love with it, and I just couldn't. So I just kind of let it be for that first season. I kind of just let it fall to the wayside and let it kind of sit on the back burner. And then it was in the off season between seasons one and two of Hawaii Five-O that I binged the entire first season. I binged that entire first season and I fell in love with it because it was just action and then it built the story of the characters and their families and how they came to basically be one cohesive family police sort of task force unit on the island of Hawaii or Oahu. But it just... I, I don't know what happened, but at first, didn't really like the show. I, I kind of thought it was a, a clone. And then this was like, I was kind of getting into that whole like reboots kind of, eh. I was kind of iffy on reboots to begin with. But I'd never seen, I'd never seen, I, I, I didn't know what it was like to experience the original Hawaii Five-0 that ran from 1968 to 1980 as by the time I was born that original series was off the air. It was before my time. Yes, I'd seen bits and pieces of the original series in syndication, but I didn't really get much exposure to it. So this kind of re-imaging or re- rebooting of the Hawaii Five-0 franchise was me looking at it through new eyes and new glasses. And I didn't necessarily like the pilot, as I said previously, and I just kind of wrote it off. But after binge-watching that entire first season and seeing how it all kind of came together and became one cohesive unit and just everything kind of like stitched together at the end, I fell in love with it because it was just, it, it was 24 episodes. I think that first season was about 24 episodes and it just, it drew, it sucked me in. I don't know. I'm a big fan of police, police procedural shows. So maybe that, that's why I'm a big fan of NCIS, its spinoffs, Law and & Order, and shows like that. So I don't know why I initially just didn't like the Hawaii Five-0 reboot and reimagining to begin with. But I guess, you know, it all turned, turned around in that off-season, in that first off-season for me. And I just instantly fell in love with it. And once I saw how the first season ended, I couldn't wait for season two to kick off and then I would just a loyal viewer from then on out and it was just like I loved that dynamic of Grace Park, Daniel Day Kim, Scott Kahn, uh, Alex O'Loughlin. I think Peter Lenkoff did a fantastic job with the reboot. Of course he's got the Magnum PI reboot and the MacGyver reboot which I both love those shows and I think at one point there was a Cagney and Lacey reboot that he was at the helm of and I guess CBS just passed on it which is unfortunate because I think that would have been cool as well I mean with Peter Lemkoff at the at the helm it's just he's got he's the golden goose and he's laying golden eggs in terms of like police procedural procedural 
reboots for CBS. Like he is the guy of this generation. And I mean, it shows because they were both, I mean, all those shows that he's got on the air right now, when it comes to Magnum PI, MacGyver, and uh, what transpired with Hawaii Five-O, it shows how successful those shows are and really how successful he is in rebooting these old properties. And it's fantastic. So it just, I, you know, I fell in love with Hawaii Five-O during that first off-season and I was a loyal viewer right up until the end. And I think the chemistry between Scott Kahn, Alex O'Loughlin, like that was there from day one because you could see it in the first season. You could see it in the pilot. It was fantastic. I really wish, well, it was there with all of them too once everybody got involved. Daniel Day Kim, um, Grace Park, Taylor Willie was fantastic. And um, I don't know, they, my, my opinion, they probably, I wish they'd brought in uh, Will Yun Lee a little more, who played Sang Min on the show in a recurring capacity during the latter seasons. But I'm assuming that after Grace Park and Daniel Day Kim left, he left as well. Which, unfortunate, but I mean, I, I really did enjoy the Sang Min character. And uh, you had Taylor Grubbs, who played uh, Scott Kahn's TV daughter, Grace Williams. Fantastic. Uh, I wish that they could have brought her in more in this final season and the same goes for, I, I forget her name, but the actress who played Scott Kahn's TV ex-wife. I really wish that they had brought her in more in this final season. And it just, you know, for the 10 seasons it was on the air, I, I loved it. Aside from, like, not really loving the pilot and or, like, bits and bobs of the first season to begin with. But once that off-season kicked off and I had nothing to watch, I was like, well, what else is there? Okay, I'll, you know, I'll give Hawaii Five-0 a second chance. And I'm glad I did because I was a loyal viewer right up until the end. And I thought it was great how oh, they brought in uh, Chi McBride, Ian Anthony Dale, I think was there from the get-go, if not, like, season two. He was fantastic. And then you had Taylor Willie, like I mentioned previously. And then uh, the actor who played Taylor Willie's on-screen cousin, Flippa. You had Macy Aka there for the first seven seasons, I think it was. And it's a shame that Grace Park and Daniel Dickham left the show. But, of course, it's Hollywood is a business, and I understand why they decided to leave. And I think with Macy Aka as well, it's a shame that he decided to leave. And I think um, Jorge Garcia decided to leave as well at the beginning of this past final season, season 10. But, you know, I mean, everybody that was cast on this show did a fantastic... It was just fantastic. Michelle Borth as Catherine Rollins, Steve McGarrett, or Alex Holoflin's, who played Steve McGarrett, his uh, on-screen, on-again, off-again love interest was great. And I, I really wish that she had come back more in a permanent c capacity, even though she was a regular for seasons three and four and recurred right up until the end, I think from season one all the way through. And I think they did a good job with the show, but getting to the this final season, Alex O'Loughlin wrote and directed an episode. Ian Anthony Dale directed an episode. And you had Chi McBride who co-wrote a couple episodes from this final year. Like I'd have to go back and look at the episode credits to see how, like, if anybody else 
wrote and or directed from the cast in previous years, but I'm not sure. But I know from this final season, Ian Anthony Dale directed an episode. Alex O'Loughlin wrote and directed his own episode. And then uh, you had Chi McBride who co-wrote a couple episodes. And it was just, it was a fantastic, I loved this final season. You had, uh, well, oh, you had Beulah Koale, I think it is, come in in season eight. And then you had Megan Rath come in in season eight after Daniel De Kim and Grace Park had left. And they did a fantastic job filling those roles, I think. And it was just, it was amazing. I loved it. It was a great show. Getting to the series finale, though, like leading up to it, I think for the last couple, two or three episodes, the team was trying to decode this cipher that um, Steve McGarrett's mother, played by Christine Lottie, I think her last name is, who was on Chicago Hope. She was on uh, Law & Order SVU as well. But she had sort of left that to him to figure out and decode. And so... They were trying to figure it out, and then you got, you know, at the end, Scott Kahn, who played Danny Williams, gets kidnapped in the series finale by uh, Dayu, the Dayu May character, who is the wife of the Wofat character, played by, I think it's Mark DeCostas, who was on the show in a recurrent, recurring capacity from, I think, seasons one through four. And she didn't have the actress who played Dayu May... She didn't have much, I don't know, she didn't have much of a, a role this year. I think you had, uh, it, I don't know if it's Karina Law or Katrina Law who came in to fill out the team after Jorge Garcia left. And she did a great job as well. I really wish that Hawaii Five-0 had gotten renewed for at least season 11, just so we could flesh these stories out a little more. But so in the series finale, Danny Williams, Scott Kahn gets kidnapped, uh, Dayu May proposes a trade to Steve McGarrett. You give me the cipher. I give you your partner back. And then we'll call it even. Whatever. I'm going to take what's rightfully mine. And then in the series finale, you see a little more of the pilot fleshed out with how uh, Alex O'Loughlin's TV father, like John McGarrett, was basically killed. And why... And who was on the other end of that phone call to the Victor Hess character. So that was cool. But I think I just... The the series finale seemed rushed. So Scott Kahn gets kidnapped and then is held. Uh, Alex O'Loughlin gives the cipher to the Dayu May character. Dayu May decides, you know what, I don't need Danny Williams anymore. Make sure, you know, when she calls up one of her henchmen, make sure McGarrett, Alex O'Loughlin, finds a dead man when he comes to, you know, rescue his partner. Scott Kahn, Danny Williams, breaks himself out of that predicament and basically shoots his way out. But just as he gets to the door of the house or building that he's held in, one of the henchmen gets a shot off and it hits Danny Williams in the chest. He starts bleeding. And they, you know, so Alex Laughlin, Steve McGarrett, they get to where Scott Kahn is being held. And then they find that he's been shot because he's been on the floor for several minutes. He's in a pool of his own blood. They drive him to the hospital. They say what's going on. And 
So they're working on him a little bit. He gets, that's the thing. I think Scott Kahn got beat up a lot in this, in the series in general, because like in the pilot, um, Danny Williams gets shot, blasted backwards through a window. And then I can't remember if it was earlier this in the final season or in last season, season nine, where Scott Kahn is basically they're they're in quarantine like the entire team is in quarantine after coming in contact with some sort of viral agent of some sort and so obviously they need to be separated or sequestered away from everybody else so somebody breaks in and shoot like basically holds the team captive and then shoots Scott Kahn, Danny Williams in the chest and you know it's a bad omen because they're being quarantined. Danny Williams is hurt. He's been shot and then the person that shot uh, Danny Williams while they were in quarantine shoots themselves in the head and yada yada yada. You go through that episode and you find out that it was the person that shot uh, Danny Williams in quarantine was the sort of abusive ex-husband of someone that the Danny Williams character was uh, associated with in New Jersey. It was a sort of a domestic violence thing gone bad. And uh, so fast forward to this series finale, and like I said about the pilot with uh, the Danny Williams character getting shot and blasted backwards through a window, it seemed that he, you know, basically got beat up a lot. You know, I think there was a, a period of time where, I, I don't remember the a time where Danny Williams wasn't sort of like the butt end of the joke or like getting beat up on. There was a point in this season where he, he got into a car accident and his uh, passenger bleeding heavily and unfortunately the passenger passed away in the passenger seat of his car. So there's a lot of things going on in this final year. With the series finale, getting back to the whole Dai Yumei thing and, you know, Danny Williams getting shot in the chest and, you know, they're having to work on him a little bit, yet they've still got to decode the cipher. It, I just, it seemed rushed to me. Like, the series finale seemed rushed. And to be quite honest, it was get Danny Williams to the hospital, make sure he gets worked on. I figured he'd be involved a little more, even though like, Scott Kahn didn't feature as heavily in the later years of uh, Hawaii Five-0, but it's just the way it is. And then you, you know, so I think it's Karina Law or Katrina Law. I can't remember her name. It's either Karina or Katrina, so I'm going to bounce around between the two. It takes, I think it's Lance Gross, who played this uh, former Special Forces guy in the final two episodes to find somebody to decode the cipher. His contact, they find out, is, or at least was taken against his will, thrown into the trunk of his own car, and then crushed in a junkyard. It's always that, like, the Dai Yumei character is one step ahead, and they find that out until the end, where then she's finally apprehended, and I just, it seemed rushed, you know? I, I don't think there was a glimpse in there with Joe White, the Joe White character, who was played by, I think, uh, is it Terry O'Quinn or Terry Quinn? One of those two. And I just thought, this seems a bit rushed, you know? Like, it, it, it seemed like just a regular episode. I get that, like, the show itself 
was canceled at the end of February and the series finale aired on April 3rd. So I guess maybe they had hopes for getting renewed and the hammer kind of came down at the last minute and they kind of had to change plans as to, okay, we're writing a series finale now instead of just a season finale. But even for a final episode, it seems rushed and it just... It just seemed like a regular episode. It didn't even seem like a season finale to me because it just, it was kind of, to me, it kind of just felt a bit discombobulated and all over the place. I'm like, okay, we have to wrap things up. I mean, there's a there was a storyline in there where uh, Ian Anthony Dale, the Adam Noshimori character, was playing both sides of the fence with his old life in the Yakuza and Hawaii Five-0. And it was just sort of like, okay, I turned my badge in and like, we're going to do this with the Yakuza now and... Oh, wait, no, I was playing with the Yakuza a little bit, and then it just kind of fell apart. You know, to me, it's just kind of like, where are they going? How are they going to wrap this up? And I don't think they could because they had to quickly just kind of wrap everything up because I suppose the hammer kind of fell late on the series cancellation, which, again, is unfortunate because I think they could have at least gotten one more year. I, I think they should have at least gotten one more year. So, I'm, and I'm pretty sure at this point, like, after 10 seasons, everybody involved wants to move on to other projects, or they may they may want to move on to other projects. Some people might, but I think they could have gotten at least one more year or two, and I, th- I read something somewhere where Peter Lenkoff was hopeful, or yeah, he was hoping that the show could go on for at least a few more years, and it's unfortunate that they got canceled, from my view, at like the last minute, and I had to wrap everything up by like the beginning of April. But I think it's it's cool that I, I guess the thing that kind of made it final for me was the fact that they had Michelle Borth come in in the final scene of the episode of the series finale where she just kind of went the seat taken and like, you know, Alex Olaf and Steve McGarrett is sitting in, in his seat because he's choosing to leave Hawaii because well, obviously he's done everything that he needs to do. And he just needs to go on to the next thing in his life, the next part of his life, the next adventure. So it's cool that the Catherine Rollins character played by Michelle Borth comes back at that in that final scene and they just kind of sit next to each other and he puts two and two together like, hey, you decoded that cipher, thank you. So sit down and that last shot is of Alex O'Loughlin and Michelle Borth with their hands sort of like interlaced with each other and then you know fade to black credits that's it it just that's the one thing that made it seem so final i guess that means that okay these two characters are now going to go off and ride into the sunset on this next adventure and that's their happy ending and i think it was cool that in the latter seasons it was either season eight or nine where steve pretty much a dog was introduced as another companion to Steve McGarrett and the Hawaii Five-O team, so that was another cool thing. But I just, for me, the series finale seemed a bit all over the place and a bit rushed. Whereas, like, they finally went. The Dai Yumei character was this threat, which he showed up, I think, like less than a handful of times, and it just seemed like, okay, we have to stitch this all together so it makes sense. I love this series. But I just, I wanted, maybe I expected more from the series finale. Maybe I expected too much. I don't know. Because it just seemed like a regular episode. 
and it didn't really even seem like a season finale. The only thing that made it sort of final that this is the last episode in the series was that final shot with Michelle Borth and Alex Olafon holding hands and then having it fade to black. Because that's the one thing that kind of signified to me that, okay, these two characters are getting back together and they're just riding off into the sunset looking for the next thing that they're going to do together, that next adventure, that next sort of step in their relationship and where they're going to go. But that's just my opinion on Hawaii Five-0 as a whole. It's kind of been an overview and the series finale. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Please do comment, like, share, and subscribe. Find us on your favorite podcast app and player of choice, as well as my official website, LeeTDickey.com. We're on YouTube as well under Lee Dickey TV, so please do comment, like, share, and subscribe there as well. Please do rate us five stars and leave us reviews on your favorite podcast app and player of choice. If you want to follow along with the show, please do follow me at Lee T. Dickey on social media. Send your comments, questions, and guest requests to LeeTDickey at gmail.com. We will see you all and talk to you all next week for a brand new episode of the Beats and Speaks podcast. Of course, I have been your host, Lee Dickey, and I will see you and talk to you soon. Have a good one. See you later. Peace. LeeTDickey.com